have a bit unless you wanted to pretend that you were a weather service or something i was more gonna go into like current events with us yeah let's do that all right so hello excellent humans welcome to another episode of hate watch great watch i'm your co-host hunter bush i'm your co-host allison Yukulis. and we are coming to you live but not from the yellow kitchen studios no that's now defunct uh yellow kitchen studios was you know ran it out of our house it was very professional <laughs> as you could tell but our landlord gave us like very little notice that the house was sold and we had to find a new place to live pretty quickly it's been very stressful yeah uh, it's been emotionally mentally taxing fine but it's been very exhausting yeah so the room's gonna sound weird because we're still in the process of getting everything arranged and unpacked and figured out and everything. Yeah, it's a totally new room. Yep. We haven't unpacked barely at all. Mm-hmm. It's hardwood floors. It's everything. It's going to sound na- totally different. New neighbors. And yeah. And new... Uh, we're now across the street from a building where music comes from almost every day for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't know if... It, it's not currently happening, which is cool. Knock wood. We'll but, see if it picks up or not. But if it does start, we don't know if it's going to pick up or not. Uh, at the old place, you know, we had recorded a few times while neighbors were, you know, blasting music and it didn't seem to pick up. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yep. It's been very frustrating. We also, mm-hmm. like, because we didn't have a lot of time to, like, find a new place and move and do things in, like, an orderly fashion, things were not all packed together. Mm-hmm. So we found uh, one, we found our microphones and we found all the cords and the laptop. We only found one of the proper, like, arms that we put the mics on, and so we jury-rigged up with a a microphone stand for, like, like bands use. Yeah. So it's a little janky, and we were scrambling and moving and digging in boxes and Mm -hmm. looking for it up until, you know, about five minutes ago. I have also been sick. Yeah, Allison has been sick. She's fine now. But I don't know if my voice is still a little... um, Froggy? Yeah. No, he's not fine. Okay. If I do end up getting a little croaky, that's why I'm still uh, kicking the last of... Like a head cold. Yeah. It was fine, though. First time I've been sick since uh, 2019. Yeah. It's yep. a good run. Yeah. And uh, I just got off work, so I'm not really in, like, a hanging out loosey-goosey headspace. I'm still wearing my shoes. Oh, you want to... Uh... I usually record in, like, slippers yeah, for wanna, comfort. You want to get your slippers on? No, fuck it. I'm, I'm aggravated. Okay. It's been a frustrating few months. Yeah. And let's take it out on the day after tomorrow from 2004. Yeah. I'm so glad that you decided to start our new life with pain. Yeah. Right? Pain yeah. and CGI wolves that look like dog yeah. shit. I had I had not seen this before, and I mean I I saw South Park make fun of it because of course I did. Of course you did. Right. 
But I went into this being like, yeah, I don't think this seemed like a very good movie. But, you know, maybe it'll be, like, fun, like Volcano or something. Just like Volcano a, is fun. Yes, just like a disaster movie. And it is not that fun. It is not. No. I agree with everything you've yeah. just said. I read in the um, IMDb that they had, like, nine CG art houses working on this. Okay. And, I mean, so part of it's that, like, yes, this wasn't very sophisticated back in 2004. But also, like, usually when they do, like, composite projects like that, it turns out good like uh that seems like a broad generalization well okay but i mean like that was part of what i really liked about the uh, black panther movie was that they had a couple of different studios working on the all effects right. all right but that's the and black panther movie i know and this I know. is the day i know tomorrow but yeah so like this you know i was like oh man i can't believe it was nine because all these like aside from like a couple of the away shots looking like pretty good but they're relatively static images like a lot of this okay well you know if we're talking yes if we're just going to talk about the special effects now yeah all the faraway shots where everything is cg where it's a whole cg cityscape and there's snow or ice or rain or a a tidal wave or whatever like falling upon a city or whatever big cloud things or the waves enveloping the statue of liberty or whatever we're doing like that that stuff looks pretty good good. and then so much of the rest of the effects in the movie do not look good no anything where you have real people on like a set with a green screen behind them and they're it's just all any animals or animal (laughs) the the wolves look like shit i saw this movie in theaters Uh that was it that was the only time i've never gone back i've never double dipped I know that the wolves look like shit. They look like shit in 2004. So they're definitely going to look bad now. But maybe they're, like, not that bad. Like, maybe they're fine. Mm-hmm. They're not fine. Yeah. No, it's terrible. They look like, like, Final Fantasy VII wolves. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, awful, awful, awful wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that looks like shit. But, yeah, anytime there's, like, people and they have to, you know, get enveloped by a wave or something, like, they don't move the way anything normally. Yeah. It's just, like, it's such shit. It just looks like yeah they really did not do enough stuff practically in this oh no not nearly that's us meeting it more than halfway because it's also not like the plot is particularly well healed either but the thing is like i'm used to like these disaster movies like we're playing fast and loose with physical rules like yeah again I we watched the towering inferno yes yeah yeah but i referenced volcano that's not likely to happen (laughs) says you but you suspend your disbelief for the purpose of the movie. Have I gone on record to say that, that Volcano's fun? Did I say that already? Yes. Volcano's fun. Yeah. The movie's fun. Yeah. Now, yeah. there's a lot of the, like, cinematic twinning. Right. Volcano and Dante's, Dante's Peak, Peak came out around the same time. Also, good. also, you know, yeah. Volcano movie. Yeah. I'm a Volcano yeah. boy. Yeah. Volcano was a lot more fun than Dante's Peak. Yes. Dante's Peak I would absolutely watch before I watched this again. Oh, yeah. Dante's Peak's not bad. It's just yeah. not as good as Volcano. Yeah. It's kind of corny. I'll also take uh, Pierce Brosnan over Dennis Quaid and just... Yeah, I mean, I got nothing against Dennis Quaid. I I like him in some stuff. But if you made me choose one of these two, if it was like you're picking teams for softball, I'm picking fucking Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. (laughs) Every time. Yeah. On any metric, I think. Yeah. To be fair, like again, I'm not shitting on Dennis Quaid. There's there's Quaid movies I like. Oh, I know. Uh, tell me, tell me about the Intruder, Dennis mm-hmm. Quaid. The Intruder's a good movie. Was he also in um, Beneath the Darkness? <laughs> Was that him? <laughs> That's him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's definitely Dennis Quaid. Okay. Okay. It's definitely not Randy. Okay. You would know if it was Randy. <laughs> well, I don't know. That movie's really dark. <laughs> It's literally okay, so hard to see. A little bit, a little bit of backstory about Beneath the Darkness. It's kind of the urtext for this podcast. Is it? It kind of is. 
we okay <laughs> we came down to hang out with crystal before we lived with her yeah we did. and we were just like oh let's like let's watch a movie and we mm-hmm. were drinking and we put she was like yeah put this on mm-hmm. and i don't know if i think she had watched it before but it was like i don't really remember i just remember it was like bad and we made fun mm-hmm. of it all right we put it on and the movie is like did they in my, in it my does school. it does start with text that you said you wanted on your tombstone Oh, I don't remember what that I is. I don't remember what the text I've was. I've stayed away from the movie because I want to do it on the podcast again. Oh, we I, should. I want to go in as fresh as possible. We should. We should. But, but no, yeah, it starts It starts with text that you had said you wanted on your tombstone. I had written down in a notebook somewhere. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. But. Um, but then you started saying that about everything, so. I said it about a lot of stuff. I know. There's so, a lot of good stuff you could put on my yes, tombstone. Yes, I know. So That's there's. Like people, you know, people get a lot of tattoos. You don't right. just get one tattoo and be okay. like, I nailed it. All right. Yeah. Aspects I'll, of your personality. I'll find you an octagonal headstone. Don't worry about Just it. Just put a lot of stuff real small. Okay. So beneath the darkness. Um, in, in, in school, uh, I don't remember the, what class, but we did the thing where they smeared like Vaseline on glasses and put put them on kids and be like, this is what it's like with astigmatism. What? Did they never do that for you guys? No. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was like a common thing or if it, I, I don't remember the situation. Maybe no. we had like a weird substitute who was like, we're going to talk about this today. That's but... like the weirdest empathy exercise I've ever heard of. Yeah, it was really weird. Um, Maybe we were reading a book about like somebody going blind. I don't remember what the situation hmm. was, right? But anyway, so Beneath the Darkness is kind of like that, but if somebody was, like, here and they, like, spray-painted over 90% of glasses and put them on you, it's just, like, black spray paint. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, and now let's go outside, and it's at night. Yeah, I felt like I was watching that movie through shades. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's so... Do- and we, like, pumped up the... Yeah, uh, the saturation uh, and shit. Well, yeah, pumped and, up the contrast, the contrast and the shit on yeah. Crystal's TV, like, as high as it would go, like, yeah. just so we could see anything. yeah. And I was, like, watching it, I was, like, I think somebody was, like, oh, film noir. Yeah. Or, like, chiaroscuro lighting. Like, it's heavy yeah. shadow and contrast. But the, it's yeah. all just, like, black. It's, like, black on black on black. It's or like I was going to say, maybe using natural lighting and not realizing that you have to still light it. Ru- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the whole movie is, like, unwatchable. It's so dark. You cannot see. Like, like when you watch that bootleg of... Uh... <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I also saw a bootleg of Prom Night that was the same thing. Oh, boy. I'm just, like, listening to, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, like, go down a hallway at a school, and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> same thing with Mortal Kombat. I was like, yeah, that was kind of, like, yeah, that's kind of cool. That's kind of a cool movie. I like it. It's pretty interpretational, I guess. It's like, no, Hunter, you watched a shitty bootleg. And then, like, eight months later, I would watch the movie on HBO. I'd be like, oh, I can see stuff? This is much better. <laughs> Yeah. But there's no better version. They actually of... show you the Hadouken. That's Street Fighter and you know it. <laughs> what movie was I watching? Uh, Street Fighter, <laughs> I guess, would be my answer. But we're not talking about it. No, yes. We're yeah talking about the day after tomorrow. The day for some reason. After tomorrow. Well, originally I was like, it's a cold movie. It's December. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this sure was my December. It's been a long December, oh, and there's reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last. <laughs> it's the Counting Crows. I know. Okay. I was thinking Linkin Park literally has a song called My December. Oh. On Reanimator? Um, do they play it in a Transformers movie? Because if they don't play it in a Transformers movie, I don't have any interest in it. I mean, I wouldn't know. I haven't watched those either. <laughs> definitely you've never seen the transformers not front to back and also not like i know there's like foot five or something Ooh, there's like eight 
eight? Are you yeah. kidding? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen they parts. They stop numbering them, like, at number two. <laughs> I've seen parts of, like, maybe two of them, maybe three. Yeah. Point and... is. <laughs> I know. I don't want to talk about Day After Tomorrow. No, she really doesn't. <laughs> We've got our, our energy drink uh, alcohol mixes, and it's not a good mix. It's energy drinks and whiskey, but it's not, like, a pairing that works well together. No, it's whiskey guava, which is fine. Not a pairing that works well together. Yeah. The day after tomorrow. From 2004, rated PG-13. Clocks in at two hours, four minutes. Too long. Oof, far too long. So, so long. Directed by Roland Emmerich and written... So it's a story by Roland Emmerich and a screenplay by Roland Emmerich and um, Jeffrey Nachmanoff. I looked him up just to see what else he'd written. He seems to write, like, like dramatizations of real world events and he mm-hmm. writes like stuff based on like the war in iraq and things. okay um so i guess that's why he was tapped to write this because it's like dealing with like real the real world and mm-hmm. trying to make it grounded and trying to whatever and I, I have no idea but emmerich had made a handful of things early in his career okay we're skipping over all these things i've never heard of or seen he made universal soldier in 1992 that's kind of a that was kind of a hit okay that that has sequels and things like and he makes stargate in 94 Stargate I liked. Stargate's great. Yeah. It's weird. Yes. It's very weird. It's weird even as like a sci-fi movie. Because yeah. it's austere There's... in a way that a lot of things aren't. What do you mean by that? I don't know. It felt very desolate. There weren't as many like characters really. It is very sparse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I yeah, like no. a lot of the bigger sci-fi stuff is like these big space operas. Right, and stuff. Well, everybody, so this is... everybody wants to be Star Wars. Sure. They all want to be like, look, sure. it's the Cantina. Sure, and this has like scale, but in like a very like again barren and kind of empty and echoey kind of way. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. So it's it's a very odd tone. But that was a hit, and then and what launched what th- uh, three TV series or whatever? At least you know. Yeah. Yeah. At least three. Yeah. Minimum. There was Stargate the TV series. There was Stargate Atlantis. There was that other SG1. one. SG-1. But there was another there one, too. There might be another one, yeah. That you and I watched. They only had, like, one season or something. Yeah. It was, like, late. Then, Independence Day. Yeah. 1996. We Huge talked about on the podcast. Right. Huge hit. Very good. Previous episode. Don't mm-hmm. know the number. Uh, also, one of the things I haven't unpacked is my fucking notebook. So I can't take, like, good notes. So all my notes now are in my phone for this episode. Yeah. So... It's gonna be. It's the Wild West out here, gang. Yeah. All that professionalism that you loved in the show is gone now, flying by the seat of our pants. Um, then Godzilla, nineteen ninety eight. That's like. Oh boy. It's a pretty decent flop and turkey. That it's not like was... oh that was good, but nobody saw it. It's not good, and nobody saw it. That was the first Godzilla I remember. I might have like seen one of the Toho Godzillas before this, sure. but like. I might have seen that in theaters, and okay. it was not. I also remember there were a ton of fucking tie-ins. Yes, they because it was after, yeah. it was two years after Independence Day, yeah. the biggest movie yeah. ever. Yep. Uh, the movie that like helped codify Big Willy Weekend. Yeah. Like that was you know that was the worst Godzilla, right? Like objectively, I, I can't imagine there's a worse one. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are people that defend it. I know of at least one. It's got a cool cast, but like it's it doesn't. It's just like nonsense. But, I mean, like, the thing is, if you're going to play in this space, it usually behooves you to be more realistic than what we ended up with here. What, with this? Yes. This is... Especially if you're going to get on a high horse. <laughs> well, no. So, this is a conversation I wanted to have. Okay. I was kind of in the middle of another thing, but... Okay. All right. 
No, it's fine. I was just going to say, like, then he did The Patriot in 2000, which was, like, a modest hit because it was way lower in budget. Mel Gibson movie yeah. set in the Revolutionary yes. War. Yes, yeah. It was a modest hit because it cost way less. Mm-hmm. And, you know, big marquee star, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And then followed up with this in 2004. Then he did 10,000 BC a couple years after this, and then 2012 in 2009. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, some other stuff since then. Oh, he did White House Down. I didn't even realize he did that. And then a bunch of bullshit. Independence Day Resurgence and Midway and Moonfall. But anyway, so the conversation I wanted to have is, like, this movie's not good. But is it worth how bad it is that it seems to have, like, sparked conversations in people? Like, I read two different studies, like, from scientific outlets, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. saying that this film raised general awareness of global warming. Oh, dear. Oh, boy. Like, people who had either never heard of it or didn't understand what that meant. And then after seeing fucking The Day After Tomorrow, we're like, oh, it's a serious issue and we should care about it. Is it worth it (laughs) that this is that bad? Because you were saying like, well, if you're going to deal in like real world, it should be more, it should should respect the reality a little bit more. It's like, well, but the reality of global warming is technically nothing. Unless you're making like The Tree of Life, like a movie Mm -hmm. that takes place over hundreds of years thousands of years i mean that movie technically takes place over millennia but like and you're watching an entire fucking ecosystem change like there's no way to like dramatize no global warming this is the way you do it yeah i know is that you yeah up the timetable ridiculously but then also have things happen that are like scientifically impossible not just implausible they're just just implausible what's impossible uh the instant freezing thing doesn't yeah I have I have research. Okay. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm doing my best here, gang. All right. Because, I mean, definitely... Okay. At, so. At very least, the mechanism that they are describing... Right, it's because it's a movie. Okay. All right. It's not a documentary. All right. You, you realize that, right? Dude, like... Yes, yes. It, it is. It's, it is bullshit. And yeah. It is heightened bullshit, but it's to do okay. a thing, right? Please, please let me know how the instant freezing could so happen. there is a thing... Uh-huh. Um, it's, apparently it happens in the Midwest because of the landscape. Okay. Because there are no mountains. Sure. And things, so cold yeah. air comes down from Canada occasionally. Yeah. It's very rare. It's called a Blue Norther. Okay. And apparently it happened in 1911. Okay. It happened on 11-11-11. Springfield, Missouri, the temperature dropped at least 40 degrees in 15 minutes. Okay. A lot of places that day set their record high and low. Wow. Same day. Some places, again, newspapers from that era are sketchy, but some places are rep- like reported mm-hmm. 60 to 70 degree swings. Okay. And there are, again, unfounded, because it's over 100 years ago, reporting of cows found frozen in place standing up. See? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, the idea that, like, okay, this thing kind of happens and we've exaggerated it right is totally fair play in movies you cannot knock okay. this just because it's a bad movie and you don't like it all right like that's a thing all right like we just talked about fucking godzilla yeah right like i know there's some sort of a line there that i can't specifically define between talking about things that like if if you know enough about the subject if you know enough about you know thermodynamics and and every and yeah. temperature and everything that you can tell are false, but that a layman probably wouldn't versus something like, yeah, a giant fucking lizard. Most people are going to be like, that probably isn't going to happen. Right. This, I think crosses that line. I just can't define where that line is. Sure. But again, I think it's, it's the 
it's it's playing it to the cheap seats. Okay. You know, it's it's yeah. being like, hey, again, yeah. the and real the real horror of global warming is that it's totally preventable, but it will take thousands of years. Yeah. Which is what lets everybody yeah. ignore it. I know. And so, I mean, going back to your initial question of is it worth it to have a I'm going to say subpar that's, piece of art. I'll say that's generous. Yeah. Is it worth it to have a subpar piece of art that gets people aware of an issue? Like, is is yeah. the is the result? This is, this is what I've been thinking yeah. about. And the very first thing I think of is Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> the the books and everything. I mean, I guess yeah. the movies where I, that got people. That's a that's more, a very good comparison. That got people more interested in their own sexuality and in getting into discussions about it their preferences and their limits and all that. Yes, the average Joe yes. and Jane, yes. you know, and Q public, and that was something that I was very uncomfortable with and thought about a lot because there were definitely things in there that were dangerous both physically and like consent wise yeah right it was a fantasy written by somebody who wasn't actively in that world right in that community and even in that geographical location was another thing that people didn't care for um apparently the uh like landscape of seattle in that book is just utter nonsense i'm sorry <laughs> if you were a person who got mad at 50 shades of gray because it didn't accurately depict the landscape of seattle you can just walk into puget sound okay <laughs> like i don't give a fuck there are bigger issues at play in 50 shades than like oh they said the starbucks is on third and wharton or whatever it's not that's bullshit you're crazy stop it it was just a criticism of the book that I read. It's remember. literally like if Michael Myers burst into our house right now yeah. and I was like, he didn't even wipe his feet. It's like, yeah, and he also stabbed everyone you know. No, I know. And it's like when we watched National Treasure and uh, the Philly in there is just, or even, I mean, like the Rocky run is ridiculous. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot Geography, of movie, yeah. Yeah, a lot of movies play fast and loose. Um, yeah, because like not every fucking, and, not every street that goes I, to a cool landmark looks cool. Yeah, I'm Some actually, of them look like, Fucking boulevards. I'm actually not sure whether or not the film does a better job. It might. I didn't see it. And not I yet. didn't really look up anybody Maybe talking for, about uh, it. Maybe if we do another anniversary episode, we'll do yeah. uh, all oh, three boy. Fifty Shades. Oh. And we'll do Fifty Shades Blacker. The the way I think it's Way in oh. the Brothers parody. I mean, that I might have fun with. I don't think that's true. I had fun with maybe the first two okay. uh, scary movies, okay. and after that, it's diminishing returns like a motherfucker. Okay. But, I mean, the point that I was trying to make was that I was uncomfortable that that was, you know, some people's, you know, right. touchstone text. What you are text. saying is yes, and but it did I, open a lot of people's eyes. It's right, not good. Right, it's, not, right. it's not actually a text. Right. It's, not a, it's, not right. a, it's not a lesson. Yeah. It's not telling you how to go about being in the kink and S&M communities. Right. But it did make people interested in that, and there, and then a small percentage of them probably went about it the right way. Yeah, I and mean, we're like, oh, I want to look into this and do research. Whereas a bunch of people, because we knew, because we yeah. worked in an adult store, yeah, uh, just were like, yeah, yeah, where are those things I can shove up in her and then have sex? And we're like, absolutely, don't do that. Those are Kegel balls, and that's not what they're for. And don't do that. All I could really hope is that, yeah, that people would look for other better information and talk yeah. to people that were more right. informed. That's how I feel about this is right. that like, that's very good that it is getting people more interested and aware. And I hope that they then are able to find good resources that actually have practical and scientifically factual information. I but agree. Yeah, that is a very tough thing 
it's hard to tell what's going to really resonate with people too, you know? And right. sometimes the most accurate and straight kind of stuff doesn't really hit emotionally. Right. So I don't know. That's really tough. <laughs> Yeah. Like, what if Hubie Halloween oh, somehow dear. got people to, like, <laughs> vote? <laughs> is it worth it? Yeah, it's a real Faustian bargain there. It is. Jesus Christ. Let's talk about the day after tomorrow. All right. All These right. are things to ponder as you yeah. hear about, if you haven't seen it. Yeah. And you want to watch it, pause now. It's pretty bad. Join us. It's fine. But yes, these are things to ponder while you listen to us talk about it. First of all, I'll, again... I like to try to meet movies on, on their own terms. Mm-hmm. I talk about this all the time. The 20th Century Fox logo is blue. It looks cold. Yeah, you love it's that. It's like snowy. You're such a simp for those. Really Whenever am. they change the, the when studio they change logo. The, when they change the production company logo, I'm just like, ooh, they did it. Did we talk about this on Batman? I don't know. Did they do it for the Batman we talked about? Um, I what did that, we talk about? We, we, did, we did the Schumacher did, Batman Returns. No, we did Batman and Robin. Yeah. Okay. Because we definitely That's talked also about... That's Schumacher, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're both yeah. The, the latter yeah, two. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that they definitely changed the logo in that. Yes, they like freeze it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I was like, I, I like that. Sure, yes. Yeah. So okay. Like, right, cool. But then immediately, they're in Antarctica. And it looks Antarctica. like a fucking soundstage. I mean, like hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a green screen. It, yeah. You know what it looks like? Uh, the Star Wars trilogy or prequel okay. trilogy. Like it's 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 people in a room probably about as big as we're in now. And then a digital background. It's yeah. just green screen nonsense. Like I haven't revisited those. No, they don't look they don't age well. <laughs> they weren't that great to begin with. Like you can, you know, you can have sentimental like, oh I saw it I was a tween and it it's like sure, great. You're telling me Tabulba didn't hold up? Sabulba did not hold up. <laughs> but yes, so it's we got we meet Jason, which is welcome back to the show, Dash Myhawk. Previous episodes, I don't know the numbers because I don't have my notebook, but um, Romeo plus Juliet. During Love with Lerman. Yeah, Love with Lerman. And uh, Deep Water, which uh, I do with uh, Tina. And Foxfire, mm-hmm. also you and me and Tina. Mm-hmm. Um, Deep Water was good. He picked some fun projects. Dash Myhawk? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they got him to do this. This seems, again, it's the guy that did fucking mm-hmm. Independence Day and... and Godzilla and all that, like that makes sense. Godzilla made some money. It wasn't like a flop. Yeah, no. But it 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 wasn't the sensation that it mm-hmm. you know was cracked up to be. Because yeah, yeah, they had like every fucking like there were like three different bands had uh, you know songs on the soundtrack and videos. Like it was the Wallflowers covering uh, Heroes by David Bowie, mm-hmm. and it was whatever that fucking uh, Puff Daddy song was that sampled Cashmere by Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. and shit like big songs they had videos that incorporated like godzilla footage and they're like yes soundtrack's gonna be the soundtrack of the summer and it's like it kind of wasn't like mm-hmm. it was until everybody saw the movie everybody mm-hmm. was hyped for it and then they saw the movie and they're like eh, maybe i won't listen to this anymore mm-hmm. but yeah i mean like i if i was an actor in 2004 and it was like oh roland emmerich you know you can audition for this audition to be a you know climatologist in antarctica working with the dennis quaid you're like all right i'd do it so we got Jason, he's operating a drill. Yeah, they're taking core samples. Yes. The surface cracks, continues cracking off into its CGI background, and it's like impossibly long, crazy thing. And Jack, which is yeah. Dennis Quaid, the whole shelf is cracking off. And yeah, uh, the they realize shelf. they're all on this side of uh, the crack, and all their samples are on the other side. So Dennis Quaid runs and jumps. That sucks. But yeah. he gets the core samples, and he jumps back, and he almost falls in. But I think he's got like an ice hammer or something, and he pulls himself up. It's thrilling. It's a nice axe. 
or whatever the fuck they are. Is that what they're called? I don't know. I mean, it's pickaxe. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I thought, mining. I don't know. Is it called an ice axe? Well, it's a climbing axe, right? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a climatologist. <laughs> we did several mountain climbing movies. He's not a mountain climber. He's a climatologist, which sounds like it would be somebody who's really into climbing, but it's not. Yeah, fair enough. The next thing is we got Jack addressing the UN. He explains that global warming is going to lead to an ice age. Somebody there is like, but the, you said warming and then ice age? How'd that work? Yeah. And I he mean, explains it. That is the question you have to ask. Right. Because that's the thing. Because that's always the first thing. I yeah. mean, as we've learned in our current political cycle, mm-hmm. words are important. And the yeah. way they are weaponized to either inform or obscure, obscure things is important. So, yeah, when people are like, oh, global warming. That's mm-hmm. going to make everything hotter. Yeah. That's I mean, a problem that people are like, cool, I understand that. Right. But when you say, like, it's going to lead to an ice age, they're like, that's not true. You don't turn things up so hot that they get cold again. Yeah. I mean, that's why a lot of the phrasing has turned to climate change. Climate because change, that's yes. more, yes. I guess. It's vague neut- enough that yeah, it can be it can be. Anything. It's more neutral because, yeah, the, the whole thing with that is that it gets hotter in certain areas and colder in other areas. And yeah. also a lot of other things change. Right, because the, I mean, I, this shouldn't be a thing that people have to explain. Yeah. But again, we needed the yeah. day after tomorrow. The, the Earth as a planet is not all one temperature. Mm-hmm. It's like, just like it's not daytime everywhere at the same time, mm-hmm. it's also not all the same temperature, right? When there's global warming, that's going to affect everything, but it's going to affect them all differently. But they'll all get warmer. And one of the things that, you know, Jack explains in this is like, okay, so polar ice caps melt, and that's going to affect the salinity levels uh, of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And the uh, mid-Atlantic current yes. is... Based on, you know, the balance of salt water and fresh water and where all that mixes. And that's right. part of how that, right. That's I mean, how that the works. current is something that drives a lot of weather uh, patterns. Right. Yeah. And warmth. Yes. And so if that gets fucked up and changes, then everything is thrown into chaos. Mm-hmm. And he explains this. And the UN is kind of like, oh, that seems like it's maybe a thing. And then the vice president. Becker, Vice President Becker, Kenneth Walsh, he's most known for Day After Tomorrow. Oh, and Miracle. Oh, and Twin Peaks. He's he's Wyndham on Twin Peaks. Mm. Wyndham Earl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twin Peaks. I remember. I didn't recognize him. No. So the Vice President, he's like, I don't know. That seems pretty crazy. And, you know, I and refuse. Expensive. To, and expensive. That's his main thing. It's like, right, but who's going to pay for all this, like, alerting people and whatever? And he's like, I don't know. It's not my fucking problem. I'm letting you know there's a global emergency coming. And he's like, well, when, you know, when's this going to happen? He's like, I don't know. Could, could be 10 years. Could be 100 years. Yeah. It's something that our kids or our grandkids are going to pay for. Right. And he's like, ah, I don't give a shit. I'm the vice president. I don't give a fuck. And he's like, so a little ice falls into the ocean. Who cares? And he says, the last chunk of ice that broke off was the size of Rhode Island. That part actually happened. Yeah. This is based on true events. Yeah. But no, yeah, that, that's a true factoid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fucked. Yeah. We get some footage of snowing in New Delhi. We meet Ian Holm playing Terry. He's a, another climatologist guy. And he wants to chat with Jack. We don't actually see that. Because then we cut to a Scotland weather station. There's a machine that's been beeping. And there is Dennis. And there is an unnamed other guy. And Terry. And they all work there. Let me find who played Dennis. Yeah, you definitely took much more detailed notes than I did. Well, I tried to at least get the guy's names. Dennis. Richard McMillan. Oh, no. I mean, like, this is definitely Oh, yeah. I'm sure you just drew things. the shit emoji 40 times. <laughs> And then, like, one with, like, the shit emoji, but it was snowing. (laughs) Shit got cold now. 
New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, here's the thing. The movie doesn't give a fuck about... I was going to say, who, who's this movie star? This movie stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. And that's it. kind of it. Even though there are other people. Yeah. Ian Holm is in this movie. Yeah. Seal Ward is in this movie. Yeah. Dash Myhawk is in this movie. Yeah. Like, a bunch of people are in this movie, but... Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum. The movie doesn't give a shit really about any of them. Like, none of them are characters. And I would say Jake Gyllenhaal and Dennis Quaid are barely characters. Yeah. Like, again, this is the dude that may... This should work. This movie should kind of work. Like, crazy global, you know, bullshit science aside, right? Mm-hmm. Movie should kind of work. It's the guy that did Independence Day. Yeah, and I mean, we we do have a couple of similar story beats. It, it yes, there's now we have disparate we have disparate people like yes. different locations, small groups yes. of people. Yes, we get one or two of them like that we kind of give a shit about. Yes. We're sort of like made to care about through various things. Right, and there's a lot of like yeah. I gotta get to here and I gotta go to there and right. you know, there's a larger problem. But there's the problem with this movie. Is there's no aliens to blow up. There's no bad guy. Mm-hmm. The bad guy is us. Yeah. Kind of the vice president. Like, he, he gets an our redemption arc. Right. Which is good. I think it's actually, like, I watching it the other day, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, uh, you know, he doesn't get a, um, ah, you get what you deserve. Like, yeah, his, his, no. his helicopter didn't freeze. And then, like, we see somebody later, like, no, I he, found the vice president and his dick yeah. froze and exploded or whatever. Yeah, no, You're like, he, ah, fuck he gets you. increased responsibility, but it's with a wake-up call. Yes, yeah. And, yeah. like, so he, he changes his tune. And it's, like, this, this it's a very slim arc. But it is an arc. And yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah. But mostly the rest of this movie is nothing. Celia Ward, who is, like, an actress. Yeah. Who you know. Yeah. Who was cast in this movie to be mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal's mother. Dennis Quaid's wife. wife. She's not named in this movie. Until like an hour and something. Like, Until like it's... the third act. Yeah. And it's it's one line. It's by one of her co-workers. And it's like, hey, Lucy, I'm going to get out of here. Are you going to stay with the kid that's got cancer? And she's like, I sure am. And that's it. This whole movie, I just kept writing Celia Ward. Because I'm like, no one named her yet. How did you not name her? Like, I'm not saying everybody's got to get named. Yeah. But so many other characters are, and she should be kind of important. She's his mom. Yeah. The whole movie is Dennis Quaid is... Although really a lot of what she ends up doing is like... Nothing. Looking worried. Yeah. Yeah, she does nothing. They gave her a kid with cancer so that she'd have something to do. Yeah. I think maybe... So you have your different types of conflict where there's like, sure. you know, man versus man, man versus nature and, you know. Oh, yes. The classic story structures. Right. Con- conflict. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, like man versus aliens could still be kind of like a man versus antagonist or man versus other, I guess. Yeah. And that is a much different thing to structure than then... a man versus nature because you're supposed to kind of be dealing with like yes how how small we are in comparison right. to the things around us and, right this is yeah. like existential man versus nature right because like man versus nature is like oh my my plane went down i'm the only survivor i have right. to hike down a mountain and not starve or get eaten by a bear that's man versus nature yeah that's a survival story yeah it's got a very a to b to c through line right and it makes sense and i think they this make, is not that i There's think they no... make more sense in a microcosm really where it's one individual or maybe a small group of individuals dealing with exceptional circumstances and not several individuals dealing with both large and small things right yeah this kind of takes too wide a stance yeah and that might be where it kind of is losing some it's a good point thing. 
maybe. So at the same time, you do need an excuse to cut to astronauts in space who can go, look, the storm front is the size of the United States. Yeah, that was, I don't know, that felt odd. But maybe it's just more like, oh, can you imagine like watching all this shit go down and you're like way far away from it? I I think it's to give it scope. Sure. I think it's so you understand. And then also it's an eye in the sky for... Yeah. You know, because they, they do contact them to be like, can you send us readings because we can't see shit because there's storms that yeah. are blocking all of our, you know. Yeah, so in, I believe it was 1999, a film came out. Mm-hmm. It's called The Perfect Storm. I have heard of that, but have not seen it. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's got see, Mark Wahlberg. We'll probably yeah, cover it on the podcast. He's <laughs> sure. doing a whole accent and whatever. Sure. Well, also, it's it's a ship in a big storm, which yes. is you know the the working fishermen. way of man versus it nature. is is man <laughs> versus nature. Um, yeah, they're they're crabbers or fishermen yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. and they get mm-hmm. caught in. But it's the same thing as it happens in this it's yeah. three storm cells that all meet Converge. up, and yes. it's like one yeah. in a million. That's why they call it perfect yeah. storm. It's like yeah. it's like one in a million yeah. shot. Yeah, never happens. Yeah, they all team up to and fuck this boat. Right, it's like yeah. the uh, the Avengers or the sure. Justice League. Yes. I guess the Justice League, because when they do it, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> zanged him. Sure. And that's kind of what happens here. They're like, look, look at these storm cells. There's three of them. And like, one is the, you know, left, the west and middle half of the United States. And one is like the eastern seaboard. And one is like the entire Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. The astronauts are like, that ain't good. You know, this movie doesn't have comedy. You know what yeah. Independence Day has? A yeah. lot of comedy. Yeah. Judd Hirsch. Yeah. Just being Judd Hirsch is funny. Yeah. Harvey Firestein. Funny. Yeah. I gotta call my mother. I gotta call my lawyer. Ah, fuck my lawyer. Like, uh-huh. right? We talked about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And then you have Jeff Love Goldblum, him. who is... Yeah. Awkward funny. Awkward funny. That. He is yeah. inherently interesting and funny, yes. right? Yeah. And then you have you have Will Smith, who knows, especially yeah. at that time, he's at the yeah. peak of his powers, man. Yeah. Welcome knows, to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Like, exactly. He knows exactly when this is a, this is a funny line. This is like... Yeah. This movie doesn't have comedy. Yeah. And I think it's because, and like, again, climate, <laughs> climate change is serious. I've said, I've been saying this since I was like 12 years old. I've cared about this. It just takes empathy to give a shit about climate change. Because when somebody tells you like, hey, little things you can do will help the planet. And you go, what does that mean? And they go, well, if you don't do it, like your great, great grandkids are going to be like having a terrible time. The world's going to be like uninhabitable within like a couple thousand years. I go... Well, fuck, that sucks. Because if, if that situation was posed a couple thousand years ago, then yeah. I'd be fucked. Yeah, you'd, you'd want them to give a shit. <laughs> right. It doesn't, it just takes some empathy. It doesn't take a, a tremendous amount. I don't know. I'm an empathetic person. So I, I've been giving a shit about climate change for most of my life. But then you want to try to drive home this thing in this movie. And I think at some point, like the let's make it a fun movie to watch fell by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could cast some... I'm not saying the guys playing the astronauts are nobodies. I don't know who they are. So So then who the fuck were the astronauts? It doesn't matter. Okay. They're not named. Yeah, I guess not. Nobody cares about them. Yeah. You know, like, there's so many things where they just touch base on things, which, like, again, could work in a different film. It just doesn't work here. I can imagine a scenario where this works. It's just not here. We were in Japan. We were talking about Japan. Yeah, big in Japan. Big hail in Japan. I'm big in Japan. Yeah, the hail. Yeah. The hail came down. It was voiced by Tom Waits. <laughs> I'm big in Japan. So it kills a bunch of people. <laughs> um, notably, there is a scooter crash. A power line comes down. And then, like, our scene kind of has, like, a main character. It's, like, a guy who takes a phone call from, I guess, his wife or whatever. And Yeah, apparently that was part of a dropped subplot. Yeah, good. 
Mm-hmm. But the whole thing should have been dropped. Yeah. Because well. we don't need it. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's just showing that this is happening everywhere, which we kind of already know when the astronauts go, hey, that storm is the size of the entire United States. You can kind of confer that, like, oh, that shit's probably affecting things on a global scale. Whatever. A, an obvious little tiny soundstage backlot thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like exactly the same street that, um, well, it's Hawkeye, but he's Ronin oh, in okay. uh, whichever one of Avengers. Is it Endgame? And mm-hmm. he's, like, killing a Yakuza boss or whatever. It looks like mm-hmm. the same little backlot street. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is because I don't know if film studios still operate that. Yeah. like that. They used to. Yeah. They used to have, yeah. like, they this is the old West Town. Yeah. This is, right. like, this is the little Chinese street. Right. Like, right. or Japanese street or and whatever. And also, if you had a low budget, you just kind of wander around and be like, oh, this thing that they used last week, if they're done oh, with it, we're doing it. Yeah. The Three Stooges, yeah. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, we can do our shtick in yeah. medieval Europe. Yeah. In a castle. Yeah. 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 Geniuses, all yeah. of them. Or, uh, you know, repurposing um, props and stuff and maybe yeah. giving them a paint job or whatever. I thought there was something famously where they repurposed either the boots for the yep. Super Mario Brothers were something else or the that something the... else used nope. those boots. The, okay. Yes, the boots from Super Mario Brothers are in Face Off. They are okay. They are the yeah. weirdly like magnetic prison yeah. boots okay. from when he goes to prison for one scene. Sure. A thing that is totally forgotten yeah. in that movie because there's yeah. so much other crazy shit. Yeah. But that movie also has a prison where they have magnet boots. Cool. Um, <laughs> also, the costumes in Starship Troopers were, for the most part, from um, a TV show called Space 1999. So we get Jack goes home. He calls, in parentheses, Seal Award because they have not named her yet. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Sam. They name him. That's Jake Gyllenhaal. His grades are bad. Well, but no, he he's, did... a, he's a straight A student, but he's failing calculus. Right. But he did join a scholastic decathlon team competing in New York. Dork. <clears throat> uh, big dork. Bubble <laughs> uh, <Pubble> boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was in Bubble He was in Bubble Boy. That's, and you know what? That's a better he's, movie. He's good in that. <laughs> Like, that's a dumb shit movie. Yeah, it but, is. But, like, it's funny and it's sweet. And he's actually very good. Yeah. Bubble Boy yeah. is obviously very slapstick. Mm-hmm. He gets hit by a truck at one point. <laughs> but he's in a bubble. So it's right, fine. so he just bounces. Because that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. I'm so glad nobody showed that movie to, like, Steve-O or whatever. Oh, no. During the height of Jackass. He goes, oh, I can do God. That. Let's see oh. if that's true. Here's the thing. I feel like putting Steve-O in a bubble would only make him safer. I think Steve-O should have been in a bubble for a couple of years. I think he's good now. But I think there were definitely some feel, years where Steve-O should have been in a bubble. I feel like he's done plenty of things outside the bubble that I don't think that they could come Ooh, up but, with something more dangerous for him I, to do in the bubble. But I did just think of this. Steve-O does throw up a lot. And you don't want to oh, throw up in no. the bubble. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Can't imagine a worse situation oh, than throwing God. up in the bubble. We get uh, Jack drives a Hyundai that looks like Shrek. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so Sam, we find out. Yeah, Sam... that was a very like late '90s, early 2000s car color. That like Shrek, neon green. You don't have to describe it. Everyone knows what Shrek looks like. Okay. You're like, yeah, that verdant green. So, yeah. You're going out of your way to not say Shrek. So it turns out Sam failed his paper because he did the work in his head. Yeah, he's doing fucking calculus in his head. Right. He's nerd. smart. Turns out. So he he and Jack's relationship is strained. It's a thing that's important. Jack drops him off at the airport. Then we see the giant storm from space with the astronauts. Uh, Sam is on the plane. He's nervous. We got Brian, which is one of his... His academic decathlon. That's R.J. Smith. Yep. And Laura Emmy Rossum. Sam's freaking out. Brian is not helpful. He's going, oh, it doesn't matter. The plane's only crashed like one in a billion times. Maybe it's a million. Whatever. 
Yeah. And uh, Emmy Rossum is like, it's fine. It's going to be fine. They're still serving drinks. Right. Yes. That's her thing. There's turbulence. Sam crushes her hand. He's still squeezing it. They come out of turbulence and she does the like, Sam, could I have my hand back? That's the film's attempt at comedy, at least. Mm-hmm. That might be the last joke in the movie. Yeah, you say turbulence though, like it's normal, and this was definitely like like I would have been scared. Oh yeah, if I was in that, I would have been scared at any turbulence. Well, okay, if I... I'm in a plane and it doesn't go a hundred percent like according to plan, I am fucking shitting bricks. I am usually a fine flyer. I get... man was not meant to fly. I get annoyed at turbulence because I usually try to sleep on planes, and I've been in rough stuff where it's like shooken me awake. But yeah, but I've never had a situation where, like, the oxygen masks dropped down. Can we talk about the movie now? Okay, fine. We have buoys in the oceans. Yeah, buoy. Exactly. Registering 13 degree drops in temperature. The first one happened, nah, they were buoy. like, they were like, oh, that's a, you know, malfunction. It's choppy waters. It must have knocked the sensor, you know, whatever. But then there's two and three and there's four and whatever. This is the Scotland guys. This is Dennis and Terry. and whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Terry calls Jack. Jack's theory about global cooling, quote unquote, might be coming true. It definitely is. That's the whole plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. God, I don't want to go through this. But also, it's happening so much faster than it's supposed to. Right. I don't want to go through this beat by beat. This is so fucking dumb. Okay. Sam goes well, to. Oh, yeah. He's in New York. He now. goes to New York. Yes. And they go to their little decathlon, decathlon and they're doing the like yeah. trivia, yeah. whatever. Okay. And then their flights all get grounded. Yeah. Um, I and... just have that NYC gets all birdemic for a sec. What does that mean? Oh, they're the, the, oh, they see all yeah. the birds. Yeah, yep. yeah, no, but the birds don't attack, and the birds look like birds. Yeah, that's true. They don't look like weird gifs I... of birds that are attacked. I'm yeah. being attacked by a gif of a bird. I just found it weird to do the whole like the animals are freaking out when you're in a fucking city, especially well, like one of the largest cities in the United States. Right, but what does New York have a lot of? Pigeons, birds, okay, and yeah. then they cut to the zoo, which is I, where which, you'd find animals. Yeah, that's just, and all the animals at the zoo are freaking out as well. It's just silly, and I guess that's foreshadowing the wolves later, but that's also dumb, and don't do it. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think the wolves just look like shit. I think this movie needs okay. something. All right. What would you have? Okay. I this is my thing. When I you complain about a movie being bad, and like, I love you. You know this. Okay. But when well, we watch a movie that is bad, yeah. sometimes you don't get into it, mm-hmm. and sometimes I can see the door slam. Okay. And then you just are like, I don't give a shit. It's bad, and I don't care to engage with it. But, and that's fine, I guess, if we're just watching a thing, it's less fun for me, but it's really not good when we're going to do a podcast on the thing. Because I want you to engage with it, even if it's bad, because we have to talk about it. But, my thing is, what would you have this movie do if not wolves? It needs to have something. And it only takes place over, like, about two days or three days. Yeah, I know. So it can't be, like, gangs of nomads are now, like, marauding around New York and they're, like, looking for supplies. Like, that's a thing you could do if this was, like, a zombie movie or if this was a longer... Term, maybe that's a, an approach they could have taken is like yeah i mean like it's like maybe okay there hear me was, out hear there me was out. a whole like okay out. fine fine okay fine so you're jack, like maybe jack because jack and jason which is dash my hawk they and their friend uh i forget but they set out and they're gonna walk from wherever the fuck they are up to they're gonna drive but then the car gets stopped obviously by like whatever because there's ice and fucking all kinds of bullshit and and feet and many floors of snowfall and whatever so they end up just like trekking across you know again we're introduced to them in the arctic mm-hmm. so they're using all their arctic survival skills to walk from somewhere outside philadelphia they do shout out philly a couple times in the film so that gets you know like a half star 
but they walk from somewhere outside Philadelphia to New York. What's the name of that fucking mall? Is it the Arrow Mall or something? Oh, you. They show the it, sign. And I... Yeah, it's some mall I never heard of. Mm-hmm. The snow is so high that they're walking across essentially the top of it. It's like a glass top thing. Skylight. Yeah, Skylight Mall thing. And the glass breaks. And, Skylight over an atrium. And Frank, uh, you know, falls in. And he's like, I have to cut the sled. Like, because the three of them walk in, they're dragging the sled of supplies. Mm-hmm. I have to cut the sled. They cut the sled. Dennis Quaid's like, okay, Dash Myhawk, you have to brace Frank's weight. So he does. Like, I think I got it. And Frank's looking up and he sees, like, the glass pane under Dash Myhawk is starting to splinter mm-hmm. and crack. And he's like, it's too much weight. So he cuts his line, sacrifices mm-hmm. himself, falls to his death. We see when the sled falls, it, like, lands on an escalator and splits in half. Like, mm-hmm. it's brutal and, you know. So you know it wasn't a great ending for, I think his name is Frank. Mm-hmm. But so, like, that's their whole thing. They walk to New York and then they walk to where, they're in the library? Yeah. See, I thought they were at Grand Central. No. They but, talk about Grand Central, but they're yeah. definitely in the library. But I thought they were at Grand Central because there's, like, the shot of, like, water coming through. I thought it was the Grand Central, like, the big windows at Grand Central, like, the famous windows. But I guess maybe they went from Grand Central to the library, yeah. but I missed that, or it wasn't yeah, I clear. Yeah, thought, I thought they were looking at Grand Central on the TV, but maybe they also went there to try to, like, Do you know the shot get... I'm talking about? Like, when the yeah. tidal wave comes in, they're all trying to get indoors. Yeah. And then, like, water comes through three giant windows. I thought yeah. that was Grand Central. I thought those were, like... Because Grand Central is famous for having those big, like, yeah. windows, right? I Am I crazy? I don't know. Well, because also, I, I didn't notice this, but I read in the trivia... The New York Public Library has those lion statues out front, and apparently that's not in the shot because they were trying to avoid, like, a trademark or something where they didn't want to have to, like, pay to use that image. Okay. Yeah. That's weird as fuck. Yeah, so already the library doesn't look like the library. Right. You know. It all looks like a shitty soundstage. Right. Yeah. That wasn't the library from Ghostbusters. Right. I yeah. was going to say, they're at that library yeah. in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, Ghostbusters is a movie that mm-hmm. actually makes New York look like New York. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's barely shot in New York. Picking your shots. I mean, also, but Always Sunny feels... in Philadelphia is not really shot in Philadelphia no, but very it much, feels except right. for when it is. Right. right. It feels right. Right. I mean, they play fast and loose with geography, just like National Treasure you mentioned earlier. Yeah, but, yeah. like, but it feels right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so um, you, were, you were coming at me like, you know, oh, you think it's a bad movie and stuff, and what would you do different? It's like, I mean, like, I well, what I, I was going to say was maybe... Oh, I'm sorry. No, I cut you well, off. Well, yeah, you keep cutting me off because you're like, yeah, what would you do different? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You're right. No, I mean, I like, I don't have all of the Shut answers. Now... I do have some things that I, I, you know, am pointing out where I think it is weak and where I think you'd maybe want to, like, be looking at it from a different perspective. Right. I don't know where I'd have, like, yeah, like, your third act action spectacle... For the kids being, but it might be something more like in line with, yeah, like you had all these people like doing an exodus and stuff. And maybe there's like, yeah, another faction that was hunkering down, but needs the same stuff. Right. So then it's, yeah, man to man. This is my suggestion. It was like maybe instead of it only taking place over like two days. Oh, extending the time period. Yeah. But then that, oh, the giant storm, your your punch or whatever. Yeah. Giant storm, you know, it's, it's not moving. It's, you know, going to be a few weeks before it blows itself out. You do the Jack and Frank and Jason, like their car either breaks down or maybe it freezes, whatever the fuck, Mm -hmm. like way earlier. So they have to walk from like Virginia up. Like it's like, oh, it's going to take us three weeks to get there. And it's like, he's my son. Damn it. I'm Dennis Quaid. 
Mm-hmm. Then you can do like long term, but also I mean, even, which allows for what you're saying, like yeah, yeah, like other survivors who are like, oh well, I'll knife you for those yeah, I mean, even, bits, right? Even the short term and stuff, it's like you know, could be other people hunkered down in another. I don't know what's near the New York Public Library, but maybe they're over at the MoMA or something. Either. Yeah, they're they're right at the, the street. MoMA. Yeah, they're right up the street from each other, right? Probably they're, they're burning a bunch of paintings <laughs> for warm. Uh mummies. No, that's not in the MoMA. That's in the uh, the. Uh, met either way <laughs> they should have been holed up at like uh you know but, like a broadway playhouse and be like what what should we burn oh these costumes yeah. from cats because i mean like the the boat is already like crazy bullshit nonsense and stuff and so like the boat is yeah. crazy or i mean maybe there's even people on the boat you can i don't know yeah they don't find any bodies no either. they don't and i mean at the very end of the movie it's like you know oh yeah we've we've heard there's a small uh group of survivors, survivors. in new york we're doing a rescue op and it's like yeah all of like 12 fucking people like well no, we there's all those people on the rooftops were there yeah did you not see that no, like the final shot of the movie oh no I so didn't. so the vice president okay. Is informed at one point that the president's motorcade like froze and exploded or yes. whatever. Yeah. So he's dead. So now the vice president is the president. Yeah. He's like, holy shit. And that's kind of the moment when it really hits home. After that initial like, it's not the UN, but it's kind of the UN like yeah. meeting where he's like, that eh, shit's too expensive. Fuck you to Dennis Quaid. After that, he takes another meeting with Dennis Quaid and like a military guy who is part of like the meteorological concern and he's like hey you should listen to him vice president's like well you know it's too late to do anything he's like yeah well maybe we could have done something if you had acted like the first time he mentioned it to you and you know kind of sticks it to him a little bit which i mean what the fuck would you have done that was three days ago right it was three days ago and it was he's gonna he's gonna do a fucking like you know we talked about watching this the other day we talked about like Look how fucking slow and how much misinformation and shit there was with, like, the COVID-19, like, vaccination rollout. Right. Like, you think if the vice president convinced the president and they got on TV and were like, a, a superstorm is coming, the, you know, eastern seaboard's gonna freeze, everybody has to evacuate down south. Like, there'd be so many fucking, like, Q bloggers being like, it's the liberal agenda. But he does, like, kind of go like, oh, shit, I guess you're right. And then we don't see him for a while, and then he's informed that he's the president now. And then kind of the next time we see him is the end of the movie. Now the American government has set up at the um, embassy in Mexico, the U.S. embassy. He gives a press conference over the TV, and he's like, we've been informed of a, you know, group of survivors. We're sending a search and rescue mission to New York. That's where they are, and whatever. And, And we were like, okay, it's... Dennis Quaid and Jake Gyllenhaal and the school kids and whoever stayed with them and whatever. Yeah. But then we a see of a the shot. library librarians and a homeless man. Yeah. Which actually, honestly, that was the shit that worked the most for me. Was him knowing how to survive. Yeah. Because he's had to. I don't know. I feel like I could have done with more of him. So at first they're not going to let him in with the dog because the library doesn't allow yeah, pets. Yeah, we glossed over quite a lot of stuff. Yeah, because like the movie kind of is like... What? What do you want to talk about? Oh, no, I just, I had some dumb jokes. Because, like, okay. Walk us up to your jokes, please. Well, okay, I don't have as many details for the order in which shit happens, but I think relatively shortly after everything freaks out in New York, the three tornadoes in uh, California oh, con- yes. converge to make one super tornado. So, I was saying it's tearing the A out of downtown LA. Oh, boy. That is a bad joke. Yeah. You were right. Yeah. Continue. Um, Keep, keep going. Actually, I really don't have a lot of bits until the end then. 
misrepresented the amount of bits you here's did. here's the thing <laughs> there are large swaths of this where yeah i just don't fucking care it was a struggle and it's like it wasn't even like funny or fun fun is what you make it okay they it's the critical desalination of the atlantic you know these things are happening in six to eight months no weeks it's not even weeks it's days yeah yeah, yeah. that's um, the scene that I, so I saw this movie in theaters. Okay. I don't know if I mentioned that at the top of this, but I saw this movie in theaters. Yes. Not uh, that I necessarily you... wanted to. We used to go to like cheap movie Tuesday. Yeah. Um. You just see whatever's playing next. Right. The yeah. theater near us had like oh it's cheap on Tuesdays like four dollars for a ticket. Right. Mm-hmm. So we would drive up there. We'd get really high in our friend's car, mm-hmm. and then we would go in and buy. We would all stand around trying to act sober. And be like, what What are we getting tickets to? Like, what's playing next? What are we doing? Okay, let's... Everybody got money? Cool, let's go. Let's do it. And so, as a result, this had kind of already started. Oh. So we came in, like... It was just starting, but we missed, like, the previews. Mm-hmm. But all the seats were taken because people were like, ooh, this movie, yes, I want to see it. Opening weekend. So we, we got in, and my, myself and Kim, hi Kim, friend of, friend of the show, we sat in, like, I think the front row. Damn. We were so close to this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And when, when Dennis Quaid is like, when he says that, like, it's not even six to eight weeks, it's days. Like, that that thing. He makes this very, he's like he's like shirtless looking over his laptop. Mm-hmm. And he's just got this, like, <sighs> face on. We were, like, dying laughing. It's yeah. his F5 face, to reference Twister. It's mm-hmm. the, like, it's the strongest storm we've ever seen. Like, he has that face on. He's like, dear God. Yeah, uh, somewhere around here, there's a whole thing where he's got this historic model of what the previous Ice Age. Sure, yeah, Dennis Quaid, like. Dennis Quaid, yeah. Yeah, and then they're trying to use it to extrapolate what, like, the current situation could progress to. And that's... I believe the word is predictify. Okay, because, yeah, like, none of the models are going to do any good it's so fast whatever and you know yeah their whole thing is like we couldn't generate like a a potentiality model in in this like shorter window and he goes well i have one but it's from the last ice yeah and i mean like like to be fair i feel like with so many things happening at once it's impossible to create like a predictive model for what that's going to do no i mean the, the the movie is positing that like this kind of change hasn't happened, yeah, maybe means, ever, but yeah. at the very least, the closest, you know, yeah, millions and millions of years, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Like the closest approximation would be the thing that happened in the last ice age. Mm-hmm. That's what it's saying. That sure. makes a kind of sense, sure, especially with what the movie has going on. We got the helicopters falling out of the sky. They were saying it was a hu- negative 150 degrees Fahrenheit, which is significantly more of a drop than 40 degrees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, I'm not. This isn't movie. Isn't based in reality. It's it's extrapolating. People like freeze in place as they're trying to leave the helicopter. It's yeah. The absurd. the exterior of the plane and then through the exterior, like the fuel lines and stuff freeze. Mm-hmm. And the guys like, oh, reserve fuel. Oh, come on, you son of a bitch. And like none of that works. And the helicopters kind of crash, but it's snowy, so it's not like a big explosive crash, but it's not great. And then the one guy, like, throws open the door and then, like, basically freezes solid when the mm-hmm. polar vortex hits him. I can't say that, you know, I've ever experienced that myself. But I have lived through a couple polar vortexes in Philadelphia. And uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty yeah. cold. Yeah. Pretty wildly cold. 
Yeah. And that's that's weather that just like happens. People are just like that just happens now. Mm-hmm. So like I'm willing to give this movie the benefit of the doubt and say like sure in these like extremely rare one in a billion chances supercell planet killer triple storm you know it doesn't it doesn't happen like that all right i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to please keep in mind this like strict adherence to reality that you are asking this movie to do when we do like i don't know bubble boy (laughs) i want you to be like how long could he be in that bubble without you know some kind of air filter he would definitely have passed out by now no one could survive getting hit by a truck while in a bubble. That's not going to help you. That's unrealistic. I don't feel like Bubble Boy is appealing to science in the same way that this film is trying to. Uh, arguably, I think it is. <laughs> are film? you saying arguably because you think it is an arguable point? Or are you saying arguably because you just want to argue? Could be both. Oh it could be two things. It's flooding in New York. and now The flooding we- in New York is bad. Now we put the C in NYC. Yes. Yeah, that's right. But like, yeah, they kind of gloss over that it gets so cold that the the now raised water level, which is like second story, third yeah. story in New York, Something, like yeah. maybe high. It's hard to tell. This is my thing. I don't know how big an oil tanker is or like a freighter like yeah. ship, but one just drifts down from the harbor to right outside the library and just yeah. kind of like parks there. It's not even like the water level's so high that it's just like, yeah, it just floated in. It's like it gets it gets uh beached like on a bus. Yeah, well there's also like a tsunami sort of thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, there's and flooding. it's a terrible shot of just water coming down the avenue. It's, to it's the real library. cheesy and bad, yeah. There's like three guy there's like three character actors who are like playing like rich New York like douchebags who are like I'm late for my meeting, blah, blah, blah. And they see a bus. They're like, oh, a bus, thank God. And the guy's like, we're off duty, I'm off duty. And the guy pulls out like $200, like waving it. And he's like, $200 says you're on duty. And he's like, all right. So they get on the bus. And then, you know, the next time we see them, like five minutes later, is this fucking tsunami is coming down whatever street. Mm-hmm. And they see it in the rearview mirror. And they're like, I guess we're fu-. And then they're just dead. Like, we never see them again. The whole movie's like that, where it's like, ah, oh, this is kind of a character, maybe, but like, immediately yeah. like either done for or we never cut back to them mm-hmm. like we see the astronauts like three times in the movie but they're not characters they have no personalities they're just guys in space yeah we see that yeah the couple of people in in uh japan for one scene never go back to it because it's a drop plot line like the movie's messy yeah trying to make this like oh it's a great all these people on the west coast right they introduce and it's like uh a guy and a girl and they're like you know making out they're gonna fuck they're in like some fucking office oh yeah um and yeah yeah it's it's, it's in the, la and it's, it's the weather it's, station it's, yes yes and it is. she goes do you hear something and he's like uh, oh yeah it's the phone so he goes out there's like a dumb bit where the the, the guy is cl- mop, uh, polishing the floors and he's got headphones on and i thought it was going to set up like one of those classic like shitty movie gags where because you have headphones on you don't hear a thing that you would definitely hear Mm-hmm. Like there are movies where like a plane or a train or a big Mack truck like crashes into the building and like squ- squeaks up like a foot behind like the guy mopping the floor, but he's got headphones on so he mm-hmm. doesn't hear it. And it's like, isn't that funny? And he turns around and he goes, what? There wasn't a plane or a train or a Mack truck here a second ago. Like that kind of shit. They don't even do that here. Like mm-hmm. they don't even have the respect for the 
art form of being a shit movie to do like a, he didn't even hear it because of the headphones. He's mopping or well, floor waxing. Then like a crate, like the, the building shakes and he's kind of like, Oh wow. The building shook. And then he goes and opens the door at the end of the hall. Cause there's light coming from under it. Mm-hmm. And the whole front of the building had been sheared off by a, a one of the tornadoes or whatever mm-hmm. hurricanes. Tornadoes. But yeah, we're introduced to like this guy and this girl and they're like making out and they're gonna fuck. And then he answers the phone and it's like the reporter, Tommy, who's like another character actor you definitely recognize. It's crazy. There's fucking tornadoes downtown LA, whatever. And he's reporting and then he gets wiped out by a billboard that like gets blown down the street and it looks like shit, dude. Like yeah. the transition from him talking to him getting hit by like a CGI billboard is so bad. Yes. It's hard to describe if you don't see it, but like there's no continuity in the shot. Yeah. He gets, like, wiped out by it, and then, like, the billboard and him are just not on camera for, like, a few frames, and then it picks up from, like, off-camera and blows Pat. Like, it just looks so bad and cheap. And it's like, that. I guess that's a joke, but, like, yeah, for that to be a joke, we have to not like that guy. It's like when they do the somebody gets hit by a bus gag badly. Yes, yeah. It is. It's 100% yeah. that. But the, the, the camera angle's different, because it kind of yes. happens... Like, he gets hit almost at the camera. Yeah. And then it disappears sort of underneath the camera's point of view and comes out the other side as mm-hmm. the camera, like, turns its perspective, like, the other way down the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bus is usually just, like, a static shot. Yeah. But, yes, it is like that. It's just like, yeah. oh, you botched this. Yeah. But also, for that to be funny, like, we have to not like that guy. Right. Like, remember when the lawyer gets eaten in the toilet in Jurassic Park? Yeah. He's, like, such a coward that he goes and they're like, no, just stay here. It's fine. Like, it's scary as fuck, but, like, stay here. And he's like, no. And he goes and he hides in the porta potty and then the Tyrannosaurus eats the porta potty That's kind of funny. Yeah. Because, like, that guy's a coward. And mm-hmm. we have any idea of that guy. Whereas Tommy, the reporter, is just, like, a guy doing yeah. his job. Mm-hmm. And he gets killed by a, like, billboard and we're supposed to find that funny, I guess. I think it's supposed to be funny. Huh. I don't know. It's not good. None of it's good. And then, like, their boss gets creamed by something. He's on, like, he's on the news. Mm-hmm. They watch him get crushed by something, like, and the reporter, like, on the news is like, oh, I hope there's nobody in that Porsche. It's a convertible. Like, you could see him. You definitely know there was a guy in that Porsche, and he's dead now. Like, it, I, it's just so, it, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's corny, but not in, like, a lovable corny way. It's bad. But yeah, that's the the West Coast. They have three tornadoes hit L.A. and everybody's freaking out. It destroys the Hollywood sign and the Capitol Records building. Because mm-hmm. name another L.A. landmark. You can't. The, oh no, it destroyed the Whiskey A Go-Go. The Griffith Observatory. Should have done that. Yeah. I don't know why that would have been funnier or anything, but mm-hmm. it is a landmark. You're right. Yep. Maybe but, it was too far away. You can't fuck with the L.A. Uh, geography, geography, right. Everybody yeah. knows what L.A. is. Oh, now. everybody, yeah. yeah. Roland Emmerich is like, oh, they'll, they'll eat me alive here. <laughs> what else happens? Emmy uh, Rossum cuts her leg. She's, they're all outside. They're like, oh, we got to get in the library. library and in it's New like York. bumper yeah. to bumper in New York. And uh, it's like raining. There's it's like, a regular day in New York. Yeah. There's water up to like, you know, midway up the taxis. And... There's some French family in the back of a taxi. They can't open the door because of, like, how bumper-to-bumper it is. Like, so the cop is trying to tell them, like, move away from the window. I'm going to smash it. But he doesn't speak French. So Emmy Rossum, I guess, speaks some kind of French. So she goes over to them. But on her way over to them, she, like, slips and cuts her leg on a bumper of a 
taxi. And that'll come back later because they, they completely ignore it. And then at one point she's with like another girl and they're gathering books to burn for warmth. And she goes like, ah, girl goes, are you okay? She's like, yeah, it's my leg. No big deal. And we ignore that. It's the like coughing into a handkerchief of yep. this movie. Yeah. I also did enjoy, you know, they're figuring out what books to burn and stuff. So they're kind of doing little arguments about book triage, which I find Book fun. triage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triage is, I mean, usually you're talking about that in terms of like who to help in an emergency. So. Oh, it's yeah. order of importance. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know. But so with this, like, they're arguing about, like, whether or not you can burn Nietzsche. Right, right. He's the greatest thinker of the 20th century. And the girl's like, he's a whatever that was in love with his sister. And he's like, well, he wasn't a whatever. And she's like, well, he was in love with his sister. And he's like, eh, kind of. Yeah, somebody from lower i don't know if it was brian or somebody i believe but, it is brian yeah, it's like there's a like, bunch of tax books down here you could burn them yeah like there's definitely like boring and not you know emotionally charged stuff right we don't have to argue over right. the right, right the legitimacy of this as literature that should be preserved in the new world right but, they try to give that guy he i don't know who he is but he he's kind of in the movie for a little bit but they try to give that guy like something where he's holding a bible at one point no, Gutenberg Bible. Right, and he's like, it's a Gutenberg Bible. And they're like, ah. And he's like, I'm not religious, but it's the birth of Western thought. And yeah. He's like, it should be preserved into the new world. And I'm like, it's not. Like, I mean, it might be true, like, that it's the birth of Western thought. I don't, I guess. But at the same time, um, like, I mean, you're, 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 you get to choose the, what goes to the new world. And maybe the Bible's yeah. not it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more that, like, you know, it's it's the dawning of the printing press so while i don't think you can actually call it the birth of western thought it's i'm, I'm paraphrasing i don't yeah. know if that's exactly okay. what he said but that's kind of what he said but like it is emblematic of the entrance into the age of literacy okay so why don't we just save a bunch of i'm sure ben franklin's dirty limericks yeah i know he had them yeah he had a printing press and he was famously very horny yeah so like yeah Save them. Bring them to the new world. This is the dawning of Western thought. I'm just saying, let God become a myth. <laughs> Let's take the spotlight off the Jesus a little bit. I mean, that does open up like, who? well, who should we worship now? And somebody, you know somebody, some survivor, one of those kids, especially 2004, one of those kids has like a Fifty Shades book in their bag. What? What? 2004? Yeah, when did Fifty Shades come out? 2010, 2012? They printed them off the forums. Oh my god! Her original stuff that was uh, I liked uh, M M L James's uh, early stuff. Is that what it is? M L James. E L James. Whatever. When was this published? Well, Harry Potter was definitely around. Those kids probably had a Harry Potter book in there. Fifty Shades of Grey, June twentieth, twenty eleven. I'm not great on the timeline of events, guys. I don't really give a shit. Everything I say is a placeholder for a more relevant comment. The first Twilight book was released in 2005. So one of these rich, you know, smarty pants oh upper crust kids had like an advanced copy Jesus is what you're saying? Jesus Christ, Hunter. Fuck. I'm just being as pedantic back at you. Do you like how it feels? Do you like this? No, you don't. I will chase you all the way down this rabbit hole. Well, again, Harry Potter definitely exists at this point. Oh, it does. Yeah. So maybe that's the first book that gets... Ah, this is the only book in existence. Harry Potter. Here's the thing. In that instance, you would have the Harry Potter books 
but not J.K. Rowling. So then you don't have to deal with all that turfy shit. Don't know. Don't know if she lived or died. Okay. There's but, a chance that she got on like a private jet. Yeah. All right. And like went to Malta or whatever. <laughs> okay. But also there's a chance that she didn't make it and died in a motorcade. That's true. So. And it's the early Harry Potters. I don't even think all of them were out by 2004. So. Yeah. Uh, so it's the early couple of ones. It never gets finished. And it's the weird ones where she was just writing shit out of her ass. Like. Yeah. Like my favorite thing about Harry Potter that people don't talk about. <laughs> Can't believe we're going to talk about this now. Is that. I think it's the Chamber of Secrets they talk about um, how, like, the toilets are a relatively new addition to Hogwarts. Uh-huh. And up until then, wizards just used magic to get rid of their shit. So basically, wizards up until, like, I don't know, like 50 or 100 years ago were just, like, shitting wherever they were and then expelliarmusing it into, like, space. Uh. I'm serious. This is in... I haven't read that book in like 15 years. There's like a line... Yeah. Because the Chamber of Secrets is the one with the basilisk, right? I think. Uh, and and in that, the whole thing is that the, the bathrooms directly yeah, lead yeah, yeah. to the tunnels where yes, the basilisk yes. is. Because they weren't always bathrooms. Yes. They were just like whatever tunnels. Yeah. They add the bathrooms way later. And like okay. the timeline yeah. is so crazy if you think that the school's been around for like 200 years yeah. or whatever. They're just like, they just shit and then they just go like Boopicus Goicus or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just like in class shitting themselves. Mm-hmm. Learning about like spells and potions because no one thought to invent a toilet, which had been invented like thousands of years previous. These fucking wizards are just like, ah, that's not going to catch on. <laughs> indoor plumbing's not going to catch on. Well, indoor plumbing was relative. Like, we're not talking thousands of years ago. We're talking hundreds of years no, ago. No, the Romans had a form of indoor plumbing. It wasn't, like, eh. elegant. Okay. But they had, like, a communal bathroom mm-hmm. where you would all shit into, like, a hole. Yeah. Like, there were, like, numerous Portageon kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and like, everybody would wipe with, like, the same rag on a stick. But it would, like, go into a, a tunnel and right. away from the city. Like, but it's not mean, elegant, like, but it, it is one room where anybody can go shit. All right. like, but I mean, like, we're talking, like, you know, like, British stuff. You used to, like, shit into, like, a, well, essentially fall into the moat. Right, but my point is yeah. that in the world of Harry Potter, they were doing this into, like, the 1960s. Yeah. Like, Fair in enough. the 60s, they were just, like, shitting... In class and expel expelliarmusing it out into you space. You keep using that spell. Wow. Uh, what's? I'm sorry. What's the spell that gets rid of the wizard shit? Then I please don't, tell I me. I don't know. Well, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> Do you know what expelliarmus is used for in the Harry Potter books? Yeah, sending your turds into space. No. Pretty sure. It's the disarming spell. Yeah, that's pretty disarming. <laughs> to just rocket your shit off the globe okay yeah i think if i um, went in to argue with ron weasley and he said expelliarmus and one of his turds rocketed into the stratosphere i'd be pretty disarmed so in this uh alternate history where there was a cataclysmic uh, climate yeah. disaster in 2004 yeah uh, we would have only had six Harry, no, sorry, five Harry Potter novels. Oh, that's actually good. Yeah. They get weird after yeah. that. The last What's one, it? Half-Blood Prince uh, and... Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows, Deathly Hallows were 2005 and 2007. 
Order of the Phoenix was 2003, so everything up yeah. until the Order of the Phoenix would have been published. You know what? Those are good. Like, that's a good yeah. run. Uh, Order of the Phoenix was where I stopped reading, because uh, that's where Harry got annoying and bitchy. So my mom had bought the first Harry Potter book as a present for, like, a friend's kid. So I yeah. read it, and I was like, oh, this is fine. But I was like, it's clearly, like, mm-hmm. younger than me. Yeah. And uh, then I never read another one until I got a girlfriend who was super into Harry Potter. So, like, the seventh book is coming out, and, like... I found out because, like, I worked at a gift shop, and we sold the New York Times bestsellers. They sent a a, a thing to Mm -hmm. the store, to all the stores. And they were like, you're going to have the last Harry Potter book before it's actually released. Because, like, pre-sales, it's already, you know, number one. Mm -hmm. So, we're going to send you ten copies. They absolutely cannot go on the shelves for sale until whatever date, you know, this published date. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, I took one. Yeah. And I told my boss, I was like, I'm buying this, but, like, I don't think you can charge me until the day that it goes on sale. So, charge me then. And she was like, fine. And so, I brought it home. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got you, like, a present. And she freaked the fuck out. Yeah. And she was like, I get to read, like, it was like, it was like a week early. Yeah. And she was, like, freaking out. And I was like, I don't know. I just got it like that. Some, <laughs> some people just got it like that. Uh, and she's like, you have to read this. And I was like, I, I read the first one, and it was, like, 15 years ago. She brought over her entire stack, and I sat there for a week. And I read oh, that's like so sweet of you. I'm very sweet. Yeah, I'm very. I'm a very considerate person, and especially like boyfriend and powerful lover. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. I really. We gotta finish this episode. Yeah, um, I know. Day after tomorrow, uh, we 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 want to talk about the wolves. So something well, something collapses it falls into the wolves enclosure the wolves break out they climb up this thing now they're loose in the frozen city mm-hmm. and we kind of forget about them for 20 minutes and then uh when emmy rossum's leg starts really acting up she she doesn't yeah, wake real, up she's real big case of the leg bads and it is blood poisoning <laughs> yeah she's got blood poisoning and some woman at the library is like reading out of a medical book and she's like yeah books the original webmd that's right yeah and she's like well she's got you know she has septicemia she's going to septic shock she needs either penicillin or broad spectrum antibiotics or else we'll cut her leg off she doesn't say we'll cut her leg off they do a very much like or and then like yeah it's or either what? amputation or death like. right like yeah so then Jake Gyllenhaal's like well i'm going to wrap myself in a whole bunch of bullshit and i'm going to go out to this boat Mm-hmm. and I'm going to find, because he's like, there's got to be a mess hall, there's got to be a med kit, there's got to be penicillin or, or antibiotics. Like, that yeah, just makes so... sense, and that's true. And there's a guy who, earlier, after having talked to his dad, Jake Gyllenhaal's like, everybody has to stay inside. Don't leave. Don't go anywhere. Like, they, they're looking outside. They're seeing, like, groups of people traveling across the frozen tundra that is New York now, and... This cop is like, all right, everybody pack up. We're leaving. And he's like, no, you got to tell people they can't leave. It's a bad idea. If they get caught outside, they could freeze to death like instantly. Mm-hmm. And he's like, kid, I understand. We're all afraid, of, afraid but like you got to do it. And he's like, no, this is, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Like my dad's a climatologist. Like he, he warned us to stay inside. And he's like, we need supplies. He's like, I don't know what to tell you, but like, don't go. And the guy's like, we're going. So they go. And then sure enough, later on, we do see all of their frozen corpses. Yeah. We get Ooh. that guy has a failure arc. Also, also, okay. New York now rat free, but not rat sickle free. Yeah, there's a lot of rat sickles. Yeah. So that guy has that cop has a failure arc. Yeah. Because we see him one time alive. Yeah. And it's like him and and like all these people and they're all like under a bridge mm-hmm. and they've taken like a brief like stop 
to rest. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, we got to get going, everybody. And he's like, you know, everybody's like getting up and whatever. And there's like people laying down, sleeping. He's like, come on, we're going to go. And he taps them and they don't get up. Yeah. Because they froze to death. Yeah. And you kind of see him be like, fuck, did I bite off more than I can chew? And then the next time we see him, he's frozen solid dead. <laughs> and it's a real like, fuck you to this guy for no reason. He's just trying to do the right thing. Well, if kind you of believe funny. in cryogenics, he's not dead yet. Right, 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 right. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, if you believe in cryogenics, they've frozen so fast that they're probably good. Yeah. We just need to keep them that way until we can thaw them out safely. Once we find the antidote for 17 stab wounds in the back, <laughs> we're up to 15. But yeah, so Jake Gyllenhaal's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get these antibiotics for my girlfriend, kind of, that I want, I want her to be my girlfriend. And this dude is like, I thought you told us we shouldn't go outside. He's like, yeah, I did say that. <laughs> And it's not funny. There's no comedy in this. It's well, not only just... that, he's like, I'm going to go. And then the other two, Brian, Brian and, and there's... So there's JD, who is like, yeah. he's, he's from the other school. school. Yes. Yeah, he's from New York. He was their competitor in the decathlon. He kind of was making goo-goo eyes at uh, Laura. Laura. Jake Gyllenhaal feels some kind of way every time right. he sees yeah, him you know. talking to her. He's kind of right. like, we get a shot of yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal being like. Yeah, you know, kids. All the boys are like, yeah, we'll all go. Yeah. But it seems pretty clear J- that JD is like, he might have kind of been into Emmy Rossum at first, but he, at some point in this arc, can tell Jake Gyllenhaal's into her and is like... Yeah, they kind of become bros, but unspokenly. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's something, it's just not enough. No, yeah, I mean, again, that's another thing that is kind of working. We just don't really do enough of it for it to be... A thing. Right. Yeah, we're too concerned with all the other bullshit. Yep. Yeah. J.D., Austin Nichols, known for Day After Tomorrow, Glory Road. Oh, he was on The Walking Dead, I guess. Mm. Let's wrap this up. Sure. They're on the boat. The wolves are on the boat. Wolves, baby. The the CGI wolves. It's bad. There is a funny thing. Where they're looking through all the supplies and stuff. and uh, Oh, Brian. Jake, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's like, you know, fuck, like, I can't find the penicillin and all this shit's in Russian. Like, you know, what the fuck? They don't even have it and stuff. And Brian's like, it's right here. And he's like, how do you know that? And he's like, it says penicillin at the bottom. Right. And then also Brian is like, he's like, all right, cool. That's great. Um, Let's go to the mess hall. and get, uh, JD's like, let's go to the mess hall and get food. We need supplies. And he's like, we should get out of here. He's like, we got to get food. And yeah. Like, all right. So they're like digging through all the cabinets and Brian opens a cabinet that is like the opening case of emergency like raft cabinet. And so a raft pops out and they're kind of mildly shocked by that. And then they're like, well, we can fill it with food. But also the wolves hear it. Well, yeah, the wolves hear it. Then the wolves attack. God, I hate the wolves. The wolves are terrible. They look like shit. There's a there's a shot where like one of the wolves leaps at like shoulder height through a door into a wall. Yeah. And you're just like, what? even yeah jake gyllenhaal has this like trick where he lures them out uh, of like because they're in like a they're in a room that only has one door the next room out has a door to a hallway inside the ship and a door to the exterior of Mm -hmm. the ship so he's like okay if i can lure them out of that exterior room we can lock the door into the ship yeah and keep them in there and we can exit through the second door Mm mm-hmm and so he does this whole convoluted thing where he lures them out and manages to not get eaten. And they do that. They lock the door. The yeah. wolves are out. And then they, they, they exit. They also fuck up JD's leg, right? The wolves bite JD's leg. So they throw JD in the raft and they're dragging him and some food. And then it starts to... Because they realize they're in the eye of the storm. And right. that if they don't get inside before 
the eye passes that they're going to insta freeze like every fucking buddy else right and then we get like good effects but yeah. it is goofy yeah. um it's like the top of like you know a skyscraper and we see it like <laughs> freezing yeah what's well, the it's the empire state building right is it the I empire thought, state building i no. thought that's what we were doing i don't know it seemed like it was right next door to the library i don't well, think libraries yeah like again like manhattan's like two square blocks in this <laughs> right so yeah, maybe it's, it's the Empire State Building and also the Cincinnati Arch is there. And uh, you know what? Why not the fucking, uh, what else? Arc de Triomphe. And, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're going farther. I'm going weirder. Shit. Great Wall of China. Yeah, Free solid, yeah. right? Jake Gyllenhaal's, we've got to climb the Great Wall of China so we can get to downtown LA. It's like, yeah, what? None no, of this geography makes sense. Fast in this, but... Yeah, so uh, they're like rushing. They managed to outrun the concept of cold. There is a cool effect. When they're in the library and they're, like, running into the room that everybody's in. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you see the the frost, like, whipping across the floor and down the walls yeah. and shit. It's very like that scene in Fantasia, the original, where the little thistle people are ice skating oh, yes. and making little... Uh... Frost patterns. Yeah. 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 Um, it looks like that, like... So the sugar... Dance the sugar plum fairies, I think. I think so. Like, it looks cool. Yeah, you like were saying it reminded you of the Game of Thrones opening. It, no, 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 not the opening. Just like, it, that could oh, be an effect from Game of Thrones. I like, see. Like, it could be like, oh, Magister Glorbaglock, you have angered the Ice Witch or whatever the fuck. I don't, I didn't really mm-hmm. watch that show. But, uh, like, yeah, it could be that. You know they're called White Walkers. Shush. But no, yeah, it, it seemed like a cool, like, uh, it, it is a cool effect, but just like, it's so goofy that, like, outrunning this, like, wall of cold. It's the same bullshit as The Happening. I did invoke that when talking about this. Well, it's just trying to visualize a concept. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you were reading this in a book. Yeah. Then, you know, you they're, imagine well, they're, it, but it's, yeah, you, yeah, you would imagine it. However, would make sense to you in your mind. Right. But it would be somebody being like, I don't know how close we came, but we, you know, barely made it. And then the door frosted over and you know, whatever. And you'd be like, Oh, and it would look however it looks in your mind. Right. But this is just trying to be like, Oh, this is a visualization of that. And it looks, it looks cool, but like, it's still a silly concept of yeah. like, yep. I managed to outrun cold. Yeah. Uh, Jack and Jason, yeah, Jason collapses from, like, exposure and, mm-hmm. and malnourishment, you know, and everything. And mm-hmm. and they're also kind of in the eye because they're very close to New York now. They're on the outskirts. They're 40 miles away from Manhattan. Oh, is that a thing? When they're camped out in that Wendy's, yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing is, like, you know, Jack is like, oh, it's the center of the supercell, the planet killer storm, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will freeze instantly. So he manages to, like, throw them down through the skylight or like something of a wendy's yeah i don't and then like into the you yeah. know drags him into the next room and locks the door yeah, i thought and... it was like some kind of like a vent or something for like the i guess stove yeah it's a vent the size of a man uh, dude i don't oh, know i'm not arguing with you i'm arguing with the movie yeah you know those wendy's that have like a vent on this on the top that's big enough for dennis quaid to throw dash my hawk down whatever but, so, yeah, they land in there. And... I mean, I know commercial kitchens need fire suppression systems, but I'm pretty sure it's not just, like, yeah, like a big old fucking a big funnel. Hole. Yeah, through the ceiling. But, yeah, um, so he throws them down into this, like, you know, whatever, and then they, like, he drags them into the kitchen and shuts the door. Yeah. And they stay in there for a couple of days. My but... joke was, sir, this is a Wendy's. Yeah, sir, this is a frozen Wendy's. <laughs> 
Everything's a frosty now. Also, those uh, fresh not frozen hamburgers can't say that anymore. No. Or all them some bitches out. So then, the, <laughs> then the movie just waits God. out. God, like I just ugh. yeah. It's by all means, please. There's no, there's no fun in here. Even trying to inject fun in here, it's not going very. No, well. it's just a series of things that happen. There's, yeah. It doesn't feel like there's people involved really. Like yeah. there are, but they're not personalities. Yep. And Dennis Quaid's just like, well, we're going to go get my kid. Dash My Hawk says, like, shouldn't we wait another couple of days? And he's like, you might not make it a couple of days. I promised him I'd be there. I'm his father. God damn it. Yeah. And Dennis Quaid. And then that's what happens. Then he shows up. Yeah. They just snowshoe their way. Do they even, like, show into... them giving Emmy Rossum, like, the medicine? No, she's just good now. Yeah, they just, like, he just gets, they get back, they shut yeah. the door. And then the next thing we see, the next time we see them, it's is be, when yeah. it's Dennis Quaid and, and uh, Dash My Hawk like show up and they're in the library and they're, they're walking around. around. It looks like a ghost town, you know. Yeah. They like walk down a giant frozen incline from the window, like down into the building, and and then he sees light coming from under a door, and he kicks the door open. It's kind of frosted shut, and all the kids are like asleep, and he just shines his light across all of them, and it looks like they might have all frozen to death, except there's a big fire going. And it's like a long, it's like, oh, this kid, that kid, Emmy Rossum, this kid, that kid. And then there's Jake Gyllenhaal, and he kind of is like, huh? And he, like, rubs his eyes like a sleepy little boy. <laughs> and then Emmy Rossum's like, who's that? And instead of, like, reacting what I would say in, like, a normal fashion by being like, oh, my God! Like, like okay, if I was in that position, and, like, even if I knew my dad was coming and was going to save me, and I thought my dad could do that, if my dad did show up, I'd be like, oh my god, and like run yeah. over and hug him. I mean, also, Instead, Jake Gyllenhaal stands up solemnly and goes, my father. Yeah. And then walks over and embraces him like in a masculine, like yeah. measured way. And yeah. I'm like, there's no emotion in this. No. At all. It's weird. It's no. weirdly stilted. And it feels, it's the only thing in the whole movie that feels weird from Jake Gyllenhaal. We did earlier have like a whole like little scene where he's talking about his favorite vacation was when he and his dad were like reined in somewhere or something he went with his dad on a research trip to greenland and they got yeah. stuck on a boat for like 10 days okay and and yeah. it rained the whole time yeah. and they just stayed inside and played games right and, and emmy rossum's like that sounds like it sucks and he's like i got to spend 10 days with my dad at least, you know, laid track. Right, that he does that. care about his dad right. after we saw their turbulent relationship. Right. There was at least some lip service paid to that, although it's not as Good. satisfying. It's not, yeah. Yeah. And then we get, like, the, the epilogue basically is the, the now president, who was the vice president. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't talk about a bunch of uh, people that were, again, south of the Mason-Dixon line went to Mexico to weather the storm. Yeah, there's a whole other thing they stick yeah. in this movie that's about, like, a major issue, and it's, like, they're like, oh, and also we'll we'll, we'll kind of touch on, like, border policy. Right. By being like, look, like, look at an entire, the, the populace of an entire nation illegally crossing the border out of necessity. It's half. Right, because the other half. half's dead. Right. But yeah, it's like, we're just going to throw that in here in, like, the bottom of the second act. Well, and, his, and never address it. His whole speech invokes that, like, the places the president that, at the yeah, end. Yeah. yeah, the places that we called the third world are now our hosts, you know. Yeah. And, and like, all this stuff that, like... It's going for a, like, we I are know. all a people, yes, like, but, thing. But yes, it does feel hollow and tacked on and right. unrelated to the movie. And, and, I mean, and touching on some, like, 
pretty serious and like honestly like racially tinged like policy. Yeah. But he does say thank you. He thanks he's grateful for Mexico's hospitality. Yeah. Uh and then he says I'm sending a search and rescue for the survivors and that's when we see like Jake Gyllenhaal and them all get rescued yeah. and then they're getting airlifted out on a on a copter and they see other copters and the tops of like basically every building has like a handful of people on it and they're all like we're here and it's dumb as fuck and then uh laura rests her head on sam's shoulder and then we see uh we cut to the astronauts one last time and they see the new north america where it's all frozen uh down to basically the mason dixon yeah everything below the mason dixon is like you know spotty potentially habitable now Mm -hmm. But everything above it is might as well be Alaska. Mm. And that's it. That's the whole movie. Well, and doesn't one of them have like a line of like, I've never seen it look so clear. Yeah, I've never seen the air so clear or whatever. Yeah. A thing they could have had. Yeah. Uh, okay, Na- so nature you, is healing. We are the right. virus or whatever. You could have had the, you could have mm. cast like a comedian as one of the astronauts. Like somebody who's funny in 2004, yeah. you know. Comedy person. When they're watching like the three storms and being like, oh. This looks serious. Then, like, he could have been like, "Boy, I really hope, uh, you know, everybody doesn't die, so that we can get down from here at some point, because that's got to be terrifying. That's mm-hmm. a thing that we don't touch on at all. Yeah. Is the idea that, like, hey, if if all of North America freezes and everyone dies, who, where will we go? How do we get back? Can we still do like a, you know, a shuttle launch to rescue us? Who will save Pete and Dimitri or whatever?" They're never named, so I can yeah. make up whatever names I want. I thought it was like three guys, and yeah, I think one of them's Russian, and... Yeah, probably. Yeah. We were big on the, you know, International Space Station yeah. bullshit at the time. But yeah, that's the movie. Yeah, let's just vote. <laughs> it's a hate watch. Yeah, I didn't like it. It's like a don't watch, because it's boring. It's just really, it's not fun. I had fun when I saw it in theaters, because I was really high. I was with my friends. We were goofing on Dennis Quaid's, I mean, his 60-foot giant yeah f5 face and mm-hmm. the bad cgi wolves and shit like it was Ooh, real goofy you, but you were talking about being in the front row remind me of when we saw gravity because i feel like we were pretty close to we were screen pretty close on that one pretty close. that was a better movie but it was very intense being that being my whole field of vision yeah very immersive yeah but no this is yeah this is anyway this is it's a bad movie and like is it worth it if it sparked more of a national debate with people and opened people's eyes maybe but like boy it sure would be great if we could also have a good movie that did that yes yeah. i mean you know i think that's kind of where we had landed on that discussion yeah and i mean i don't know everybody can take yeah i guess it's a bad movie that i'm fine with existing yeah there's some bad movies where like this should be shakin right out of here yeah but this is like it's fine if this opens your eyes to some concepts and makes you like understand what empathy is because you can see it in real time or whatever like you see the effects of, of global warming in real time i guess this is worth it but boy what a stinkeroo yeah just a lot of things i didn't again like it, it's yeah the the plot's not particularly good. Nope. The effects are not particularly good. Some are good. Some yeah. are really bad. Yeah. The the acting is fine, but not engaging because... No. Nobody's C, got C anything plot. to do. Yeah. So, like, there's really so, not a lot going on. When we, you know, when we all dislike a thing, mm-hmm. we usually recommend other things. Yes. If you're, if you're trying to get this particular itch scratched, mm-hmm. would you? what would you recommend in its stead? We, we talked about, like, other disaster movies and stuff. Yeah. So I would say Volcano was the thing that we talked about. Good call. I also mentioned Birdemic is more fun in that it's the, like, funny kind of bad. 
It is. Which I think also is supposed to have environmental it, uh, it does. undertones, right? Birdemic is a movie where that filmmaker really thought he was capital S saying, capital S something. Yeah. Yeah, so again. Uh, I would recommend Twister. Oh yeah, Twister we talked about. Twister, Twister is a movie you will yeah. also watch and be like, yeah. this makes me feel cold. Yeah. I feel chilly. I want a, yeah. like a sweater. It's a natural disaster, but it's got good acting. It's much better. It's more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably other stuff, but that's good. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to find us... Okay, so you can check out our link tree at linktr dot ee slash hwgw and that will have the most recent movies we've been watching if it's streamable and where to contact us and you can uh, listen via movie john and it's also got some other things some people that we uh, support some guests that we've had that are doing other cool things you can get us every other wednesday on moviejohn.com or wherever you get podcasts and uh, please, uh, if you're so inclined, uh, support Movie John on Patreon. I believe that's patreon.com slash moviejawn. That will help with hosting us and other people in our little group. And we're just going to continue uh, unpacking. Hopefully this sounded okay. And hopefully it will sound better once we have the room more set up. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah. Like, what if Hubie Halloween oh, somehow dear. got people to, like, <laughs> vote? <laughs> Is it worth it? This has been a Movie John podcast. <laughs>